Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by the worst thing to happen to this hobby since scheduling. <laughs> oh, I swear you're writing these to make me crack. <laughs> that is part of it. I mean, Christ knows we don't have much audience, so I might as well try, try and make you laugh, you know? Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> so just, like, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to start thinking of next week's. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. It's so true. <laughs> uh, so, my name is John Santana. I'm still Justin. As it's not, not changing. Do you think... Because I always go, like, first name, last name, and you mm-hmm. just always say, still Justin. Do you mm-hmm. think people are going to start thinking your name is still? <laughs> first name still, last name Justin. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's reasonable. I think it's a reasonable <laughs> assumption to make. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible. And who knows? Maybe that is my real name. Maybe I, I've been introducing myself as that, and people just assume it's Justin. They're just calling me by my last name all the time. Exactly. And the, and the problem is, we already have a friend whose nickname is Stills. So yes, we do. We, we can't do. start calling you that. No, no, we can't. And I, I wouldn't want to because he's he he is his own person already. Yeah. And, uh, you know he. Yeah. You know he's worked hard to become that person. Exactly. So. So yeah, you may need to like come up with a different, <laughs> a different. I'll workshop it. I'll workshop it. Yeah, workshop. It. It. <laughs> I remain to be Justin. Yeah, but then people are going to be thinking that I'm, my full name is Remain to be Justin. I've changed my first name. It's no longer still. It's now Remain to be. <laughs> <laughs> remain to be. It is a Spanish um. name. <laughs> kids half spanish i'm just saying there you go see <laughs> i have nothing to do with that kid just saying yeah well yeah no true 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 we well not. if you did then then it would be a full spanish child yeah we did not make sweet sweet love we didn't as much as both of us regret it oh yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> it's there it's lingering it's, a, it, it, it's always on the table it's always on the table <laughs> in the kitchen back seat of the car <laughs> Uh, right, tabletop role-playing. Oh, yes, that's what we're here for, isn't it? That's, that's what we're here to talk about, apparently. So, what have you been up to? Uh, mostly sweating my bollocks off. Um, it's been very hot. It's been very, very hot. Um, other than that, not an awful lot, man. Um, I, I've not even been doing much gaming, um, like actual like video gaming. Like You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I haven't... I can't be bothered to turn my PC on. It's too up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. It is um, it is very hot. Um, the UK is currently having its three and a half days of summer. Yes. And, yeah, it's... Especially down in the, like, the southeast of the UK where we're located. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hot. Shit gets hot down here. I, I will... Yeah. I will concede. As much as I like to to play the oh this is nothing because i'm a spaniard card i mean as much i'm as not possible. gonna lie as a south african i do the same thing but even i've got to kind of go yeah it's it's kind yeah. of it's crossed that threshold now of <laughs> yeah. comfortable to holy oh. <laughs> so yeah. you know i i purchased a new mic um yes just because, you know, little treat, why not? But it has now become a moot, moot point because 
I've got to have the fans running constantly, so... Well, you say that, but I can't hear the fans. Oh, I can when I'm doing the producing. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm the one fucking stitching this cunt together here, I, I can hear those fans. And it does my fucking nutting. <laughs> and guaranteed, nobody else pays any attention whatsoever. Yeah, nobody else knows. It's nobody just is. It's just me. Yeah, it's just you. Even to the point well, where I try... Th- there's going to be one person out there that's like, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, and he'll tell me. Yeah. And if if I put the noise gate on, it annoys me even more. Yeah, no, fair, fair, fair. Because it goes quiet, and then when I speak, it bypasses the filter, and all of a sudden, yeah, all the noise kind of comes yeah. through, and it makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> So on that jolly note, um, moving on. Moving on. So other than that, um, I haven't been doing an awful lot um, roleplay wise. I have been prepping for the Pathfinder Society special that that we're going to be running next weekend. So that just means I've been putting everything into Obsidian and. You know, trying to get maps printed off, and my printers decided to stop. Die a horrible death. Yeah, sounds about right. It's not that. It's because I'm I'm subscribed to um, I don't know what to call it, but it's a HP service. Oh yeah, yeah, where they they ship you the ink. Yeah, clean and stuff. So my inks run out, and they're saying, "Oh, but you sent your ink," and I'm saying, "But you haven't." Uh, But you haven't. You know, you sent me ink. I wouldn't be on this call right now. Exactly. It so uh, yeah. Um, hopefully, I get the ink in time to print it yeah. out. If not, I'm gonna have to mooch off somebody. Hi, Justin. Yeah, I don't have a printer. Motherfucker! I don't need them. I've got a digital tabletop. You've got a 3D printer. And yeah, oh yeah, I can print your maps in 3D. <laughs> that might take about 45 years. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna have to come up with with other solutions to the point where I was actually looking looking at curries and looking at <laughs> like coloured laser printers and how much they were that's the thing dude like like I used to find it was cheaper to buy a printer than to buy printer ink It. I mean it's not far off like I mean yeah I haven't looked at printers in a long time so I wouldn't know now Definitely, like, when I was working for... Because I used to work at Curry's at Comet and that. Um, like, I worked at both. And I always found, like, you could buy a printer that comes with, like, the... the, the You know, they, they always give you, like, a quarter-fill cartridge, right, when you buy them. Um, I always found that you could buy a printer for, like, 20, 30 quid. And you'd be paying that for one ink cartridge. You, Only four of the fuckers. Yeah, the economy did kind of... Yeah. Go a bit wonky in that um, regarding printers. Yes, yeah, so like back in the day, I would literally, like, I'd buy a printer, print until it ran out of ink, and just go buy another fucking printer. <laughs> it's cheaper than buying ink for the printer I had. Yeah, you're not wrong. They have kind of balanced that out now. I think the cheapest Thank printer you God. can get is about 100 quid. Um, it's the same printer. <laughs> but still, uh, 210 quid for a. Laser printer. Fuck. I was I tempted. Will remain not having a printer. I was tempted. Do you know for that two hundred and ten quid you could buy two three D printers? 
Really? Yeah, you can get a print. You can get 3D printer for like 100 quid. Huh. Not that I'm going to. I've got no use <laughs> for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a yeah, fun fact for you. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, both both of my 3D printers, I paid uh, probably about 300 quid combined for both of them. Like, one was like 130 and the other one was like 160. Hmm. 170. So, yeah, I, I, I've paid like 300 quid for both of my printers. Yeah, well, I'm not going to buy a laser printer anyway. I don't have the space for it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, back to, yeah. once again, we got, got distracted again. Well, <laughs> we got, we well got, the tabletop role-playing games. Fuck all's happened this week. We've got time to kill. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, well, you say fuck all's happened this week. I found something that all I right. actually want to add to the list. <gasps> Are we actually adding an item to the list? We are going to be adding an item to the list. So I found um, a, a, a lovely little game called Clerk and Dagger. Loving the name. Right? So the way that... Uh, so I'm going to read you their description off of their Kickstarter page. So Clerk and Dagger is a game for people who enjoy sneaking around, assassinating their enemies, seducing with a silver tongue, sabotaging machinery, and employing other dastardly exploits that contain S sounds. Okay. <laughs> Think Ocean's Eleven wrapped in the grungy cartoon of medieval fantasy. All right. Okay. You, right? You definitely <laughs> uh, piqued my interest. Now, you get nine skills. So you get slaying, sneak, stunt, sleight of hand, search, study, sabotage, silver tongue, and streetwise. They weren't kidding with the S sounds. <laughs> but this is the mechanic that I, like I absolutely love. Yeah. So the game gets broken down into two sections. Um, so you've got like prep work and then you've got the audit. So the prep work is you're prepping your heist or like to, to get whatever you need done, done. And then the, the audit is actually carrying it out. Um, and then there's this little bit that they mention on their, again, on their Kickstarter page for the, for the, how this mechanic works is uh, as you play uncovered soul coins, which is like a, a mechanic in the game that you use to, to fund like, retries if you screw stuff up or or like how mechanics like a lot of mechanics work around these soul coins right yeah so they're, they're tokens that give you actions basically um so uncovered soul coins are placed uh like in the center of the table and players can embezzle for their own gain however embezzling is quite literally do you ever did you ever play the card game cheat rings a bell where you can basically, like, the, the aim of the game is to, like, put cards down, like, as many cards, get, get rid of all your cards, right? And you could actively cheat, but if you got caught, you got screwed. That's how this embezzle mechanic works. You can steal the soul coins, but the GM can't see you do it. If the GM sees you, <laughs> you get punished. So you've got to, like, try and distract your GM to steal soul coins out of the middle to fund your exploits in the game. I can feel your erection right now. <laughs> Dude, it's so cool. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, their the, the Kickstarter funded in under 24 hours. They've already hit their first stretch goal. Uh, they're like 300 quid away from their final stretch goal. And like, it's it's all like done. It's it's ready to, to go. Um, I think they, they've put like a, a release date of like October. So it's only a few months away. Um, and the, the pledge prices are very reasonable. So here's the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. Are you going to kickstart it? 
I think I am. I think you should. I mean, because this is the thing, right? To get a book in PDF is 15 quid. You want the gilded book in PDF, it's 30 quid. That's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. And to be fair, I think if I'm the only one kickstarting shit on this podcast, I think the whole thing is going to fall <laughs> apart. Well, because like that's the thing. That's all right. So for for their gilded uh, like book, which is the tier I, I've basically decided this is the one I'm I'm going to be kickstarting because it looks awesome. So you get um, a PDF copy of the book, you get a hardcover copy of the book, and you get signed playing cards from the creators. Because, oh, the game also uses playing cards and dice in the mechanics. That just sounds like you've created this game. It just... Right? <laughs> it just sounds so up your alley. Exactly. So this is going on the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I've decided. I'm, I'm down to clown. Put it on the um, list. Because you can also, like... You, you could go in debt as well to try and, like... Um, like, do it legitimately without stealing you can go in debt to try and like pull off your, whatever you're trying to do but obviously if you don't then pull it off then you're in debt forever and stuff like that and, like it, it's just a really cool system and i can't wait to try it it looks so fun all right i have just dragged it over to the list awesome <laughs> so speaking of kickstarter um tales of the valiant yes has officially reached one million i'm assuming dollars Yes, uh, no, I think that would be a safe assumption. That's normally what these kind of things are reported in. Yep, so good for them. Um, yeah. You know, it's... That is that is huge. That is quite a big thing because, you know, this has gone from, okay, this is going to be our five-year alternative to this may be a, a new big player in, uh, in yeah. the landscape. Wow, and they've not only like just creeped over. I'm just checking their their Kickstarter now. They've not just creeped over. They're like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars over that. Oh yeah, and I think it's still going. I don't know when it finishes. It can't be long. Now. Yeah, it looks like. Let's see when it's ending. Um. But yeah, it, it's yeah, it's still going. So that number's only going to go up from there. No, and there are a couple of things because I've been kind of keeping track of the 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 updates. And one of the things that has most piqued my interest is their sort of multiverse concept mm. that they call the labyrinth, where it's just entirely different worlds and they can be anything you imagine. So. It kind of makes sense now that, you know, 5e gets stretched into any sort of direction any and, and kind of forced into yeah. any genre. They're kind of leaning into that and just kind of going, okay, this is the labyrinth. Yeah. And... Well, yeah, because that, that, that works really well as well. Because then if you wanted to have something in, like, some kind of different setting, it's just a different universe. And there was something where people could actually write their own world in the labyrinth and it would become part of um official tales tales of the valiant canon that's pretty cool that is pretty cool yeah that is pretty cool yeah, so i wish i was good enough at writing to, to have a crack at doing something like that <laughs> is, i've i've got a world i've got a world you ready do. to go you do you have one 
But yeah, I don't I don't think it's I wanna keep it for for myself for now. <laughs> but yeah, so that was good. Um Yeah, that's good exciting. For Tales of I, the Valiant. I do believe though, just thinking back to the list now that we have like an actual copy of the list. I do believe we put Tales of the Valiant on the list. I'm doing it now. I was about to Oh, there you go. <laughs> now on the list. We still need to add the One Ring and yes. um, and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. So let's have a look. There is another one um, that that kind of caught my attention. That's on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it caught my attention enough to kickstart it. Yeah. But it does hark back to a couple of weeks back when we were talking about, um, like a horror, um, a horror game that was all built around a corporation. Yes. Now this is one, and there's not that much information. At least I haven't found much information, and it's called Corpborg. Right. And it is a Morkborg-inspired office crawl. So, evil corporations, demons, and imminent apocalypse. Mm. Now, Morkborg definitely has, needs to have a place on on our list. Apparently, <laughs> it's batshit insane. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm always up for batshit insane. Exactly. Me too. Um, I've never seen it played. I know they did a free sort of download of their SRD. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think even think it was that. I think it was their core rule book without any artwork. Oh, okay. It was there. You can have that for free. Yes. So, yes, I may try and find that again. And if I yeah, can, we can whack on the I'll, I'll look into it. But apparently it's metal as fuck. Nice. So, yeah, Mark Borg. And hopefully we get some more information regarding Court Borg at, some, Borg, yeah. at some point. That would be interesting. So another one, mm-hmm. and they've got very little information about this as well. Um, but there is a new book coming soon that details right. a modern setting for Vesson. New archetypes, Vesson equipment, and setting ideas. They are in the final editing stage, and it should be out very, very soon. Um, so Vesson. I've played it a few times. It is quite. It is really good. The only thing is, I struggle with the time period. It's okay. very late eighteen hundreds, eighteen early nineteen hundreds. Right. Yeah, that's an awkward time. And I always, I don't know why, but put me in fantasy, I'm grand. Put me in like modern day stuff, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Sci-fi, but. That time period, I always seem to struggle with. I, I kind of get that. It's because it, it's like it's quite a weird time, right? Because it feels so long ago that it should be more medieval than it is. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's not as modern as it feels it should be as well. Because like we've had such a technological boom in the last like couple of hundred years, right? Yeah. That that kind of period just feels so so long ago, but at the same time, so recent. Yeah, and I think, I think the lack and my admitted lack of knowledge about it yeah. doesn't help because if I'm playing a 
let's say a Delta Green game and I've based it in the 70s or the 80s, I can yeah. kind of relate to that. I know the the technology that was available at that time. Yeah, and exactly, yeah. if I'm doing fantasy, I know what was available at that time. If I'm doing yeah. sci-fi, I don't have to give a shit. I can just make shit up. It's like, but, oh, yeah, they do this. How? Uh, science. Science. And but when it comes to like the 19, <laughs> like early 1900s, it's like, uh, I have no idea what sort of shit they had. And that's the thing, well, because of that, like, that boom that we had technolo- like, technology-wise, right? The difference between, like, like, one year is so big. Because, like, we went from, like, in, in that period, right? We went from having, like, no vehicles at all, really, right? To cars. Yeah, and even the cars, they weren't <laughs> what we would kind of call cars nowadays. No. Yeah, they yeah, had four exactly. wheels and an engine, but... That, they had four seats and a steering wheel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I did enjoy but... playing Vessen. I, I mean, I, I, I basically created a character that was a fucking cocaine addict. Isn't that just like all of your characters? No, not all of them. <laughs> It would explain a lot. <laughs> that is fair. I will, I will <laughs> concede to that point. Yeah, but this one was... Um, so what's your character doing every now and again? Um, I'm just going to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Our character off. Come back five minutes later. No one was... He's no one powder was in his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Comes back <laughs> sniffing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, time. it was actually quite fun. Yeah. So I, I imagine like a modern day version of it would be, I could really sink my teeth into that. Mm. Well, that might be one that once we get a bit more information on it, might find its way to the list. I do think we need an upper limit on the list. Well. Because we'll if see. not, we're going to add to it and add to it and just never play these. So if we or if we establish we an upper limit. <laughs> Yeah, again, yeah, that is true. If we have an upper limit, we can kind of go, right, once we've got 10, we'll play through them, and then we'll add 10 more. <laughs> but then we I mean, get, that, that sounds fair. But then we're going to need a backup list for stuff we find in the interim. Exactly, and which means we might as well add those to the list, because yeah. there's every possibility that those are going to be better than what's on the list. That right? is true, that is true. So we do definitely, definitely need to, to kind of go through the list and see what we can play immediately. <laughs> and set a day aside and just start. Smash out some games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Because well, you're right, otherwise the list is just going to indefinitely grow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to grow now because Free League's having their summer sale. Oh, God. Yeah, like I needed to spend any more money this week. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but yeah it's not knocked up to half off prices during during its summer sale the biggest and newest game included in the sale is the blade runner rpg okay. which is the official tabletop adaptation mm. um so you can now get it for 24 dollars. that's not a bad price that's not a bad price um, Simba Room is also on, on sale, but I've got Simba Room. Don't need to buy uh, any more of it, to be honest, until I start playing it. 
Is it is it enjoyable? Oh, have you not played it yet? I've not played it yet. It's it's dark <laughs> and gritty fantasy. Ooh, I like that. So it'd be more in the vein of maybe like the Warhammer games. Yeah. As opposed to D and D. Yeah, um, I like that. So I'm I really want to play it, but again, it's finding people. Finding people and time. Yes. People and time. If you want, we can we can set up a Friday and do that. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, get a few of us together. Um, also, like, I've got lots of the free league stuff. Well, I mean, speaking of on the Blade Runner stuff, I'm, I'm about to say something that might get me crucified in the comments and the Facebook group after this. I have never seen any of the Blade Runner films or any other content relating to them. Have you not? Nope. I have... But it was it was a long time ago. Um, I feel I need to revisit. It's one of those things that, like, yeah, it, it's it's it almost feels now that I have to not just to get the reaction of people when I say I haven't. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. That happens to me with. Um, say if, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get shanked for this, me too. And speaking of shank, <laughs> um, Shawshank Redemption. Never seen it's a it. Very good film. I know it's, it's meant to be, but I think I was burned with Gladiator. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, I think we we discussed this previously. I think we have. When I had we everyone have, yeah. telling me that Gladiator was the greatest film ever and all that, and I saw it, just went, it's a, it's yeah. a good film. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. <laughs> I'd even I'd even hazard to call it a good. I'd, it's okay. It's all right. I think maybe because you had like it's, it's, again, it's one of those reasons, right? I never really pay attention to film trailers and stuff because I don't like going into any film with expectations. Because if you do that, you're undoubtedly going to get let down at some point, right? So I I actively will avoid trailers. I'll avoid any news stories about a film that I want to see or anything like that purely so that I can go in there and just watch it blind as intended and I find I enjoy films more that way I get that but at the same time and it's happened recently there's been a couple of times where I've seen a trailer Mm. and then gone to see the movie and the movie has shattered all expectations yeah where the trailer did not do it justice. Um, And they're both animated movies. First one is Dragon Ball Super Heroes. I have still not seen that. The trailer just doesn't even begin to touch on how good the film is. (laughs) I'm so behind on my Dragon Ball right now. Yeah, you have to watch Super Heroes. Knowing you the way I do, you have to watch superheroes. Oh, um, I want to. Like, I, but it's just I've I've fallen so behind on my Dragon Dragon Ball viewing. Uh, I've only just started Super. Oh, that's good. Uh, you'll enjoy that. Oh yeah. No, and the no, other like, the other movie that that I went to see, I took the kids to see, um, which just completely blew me away. Was that new Puss in Boots film? I haven't seen that either. That is fucking outstanding. Like, all three of us, my seven-year-old, my four-year-old, and me, just on the edge <laughs> of our seats with the widest grins. 
Oh, it, is, it is a good film. Anyway, we digress again. But once again, we're getting good at that. <laughs> yeah, but how else do we fill up airtime, to be honest? It's true, we do just chat bollocks for yeah. like an hour. Yeah. Uh, so let's get back to let's get back to Trello. <laughs> back to the old Trello Orion. Okay, so this is one I'm literally just reading it as it was presented to me. Um, I think it's about dreams and machines. Um, yes, Ooh. we spoke about dreams and machines. Both we of us did. were very interested in it. We were, and they have. Uh, have they actually published it yet? They've brought out a starter set. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Pre-orders are now open on their website. Uh, I'm not going to pre-order. <laughs> I'm not going to... No, I'm not, 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 not going to do it. I'm not going to pre-order it, but... Dude, pre-order is only $39. Oh, dude, Stop. You temptress. Comes with a tutorial booklet, which will teach you the game's fundamentals. And then it's got an adventure booklet. Also comes with five D20s, heaps of tokens, um, and all the cards that cover the base character building components. Also included are cards for equipment, NPCs, and locations. Rather than lying on traditional maps with a top-down view, uh, springs for a more abstracted location-based approach to encounters. So, theatre of the mind. I think so, yeah. I will... So it, it, it definitely sounds right up your alley. <laughs> I will give it some serious thought. So converting that $39 into uh, non-freedom currency... Let's just... Uh, yeah. 28 pound 28 quid mm. mm -hmm. and right. you'll get it August just in time for my birthday <laughs> <laughs> so we know where John's money's going <laughs> oh man stop I've been spending so fucking much lately haven't oh, dude, you actually get so much for that I might buy this never mind you fuck that I'll buy it <laughs> right fuck it yeah you buy it well, no, I'm just on their website looking at the what, what you get. So you get the tutorial booklet, the adventure booklet, the rules reference booklet, five twenty, uh, five like d20s, 152 tokens, 42 player character cards, 26 equipment cards, 52 NPC cards, 31 illustrated location cards. Oh, so actually, no, it's not even theater of the mind. There's literally a card that you have that tells you where you're doing it. Okay. 13 knowledge fragment handouts. Seven character save envelopes and seven rules reference cards. So basically, you can have enough for seven characters, like seven players, hmm. or seven to create seven characters and have seven people at your table with the rules reference cards for twenty eight quid. That's not bad. No, it isn't. It's not bad at all, to be honest. Um, comes with six pre gen characters, so you can go straight in. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And you get it two weeks before everyone else. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'm going to be buying that when I get paid in a week's time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Uh, I will have that one, and then we'll be able to play it. Uh, there we go. We could do that for your birthday. That's a good shout. Yeah, I we'll have to do a birthday game at some point. So that so that one can go on the list because I'm buying it, and we can play it on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. I will. 
mean, I'm job done. Not, it's not like I'm gonna fucking go out on my birthday. <laughs> there are people out there. Fuck that. There is, yeah. There's people, and I don't like. I don't know if that's God no. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so what else have we got? Hellboy inspired Apocalypse Keys asks, "Who will hold you as the world ends?" Uh, me, myself, and I. Yeah, so this came... I found this on Polygon. Mm. Um, which is a, a new table um, tabletop role-playing game called Apocalypse Keys, um, which, according to this, shares sort of vibes with Hellboy... Mm. Um, and it puts a vital need for connection even love front and centre alongside the literal end of the world it asks if relationships can save us from our worst impulses while relishing in the full-throated heel turn toward oblivion of it so you embody monsters working for division a clandestine government wetworks agency with a silly acronym but serious (laughs) mission Seek out doors of power and stop the harbingers who would kick them wide open. Sessions consist of mysteries that the group, along with the guidance of a keeper, flesh out collaboratively as they collect the eponymous keys of the apocalypse. Evidence that can be as much as mundane as waterlogged Walkman or obvious as a bleeding crown of blackened roses. The player, um, player characters and monsters have booked up their booked their apocalyptic birthright in favour of saving humanity from unseen threats. It does sound quite interesting. Yeah. Dude, that sounds so good. Each so rather divi- than playing the players, you play the monsters. But this is the bit that's that I'm finding interesting as well. Each division asset is a few bad days away from becoming a harbinger in their own right, and only the relational ties to their fellows on the absolute fringes of society might stave off a damn destiny. So you've got to stop turning. You've got to. Oh, see, I, I, I'm just, I'm reading along with you while you what, like while you're going through this, and I like this next sentence. You need darkness to stop the apocalypse, but you need friends to hold back the darkness. I love that line. <laughs> yeah, this is this is very interesting. I mean, it reminds me a bit of Delta Green in that yes. you have your bonds. Yeah. So that if you are going to take mental damage, if you are going to, you know, going to yeah. take sanity damage, you can project onto your bonds which suffer because of it but they can potentially stop you from going insane i think it might be a similar sort of mechanic yeah it it does seem that way to be like but it's also the bonds aren't random like like ran like random non-entities right that you've just like fabricated it feels like the way that they're doing this is it's the other people at the table or your relational t- uh, relational ties even couldn't get that word out for some reason um so it's not just like you know dave that you've written down in your character sheet it's dave sitting across the table from you yeah it could lead to some good role play i think exactly i think that that would be really really cool 
So when playing as fallen gods, eldritch scions, manifestations of endless hunger, or undead soul fragments, these characters want to keep their dark impulses in check by rolling mm. in that sweet middle spot. Going higher than nine means slipping towards the baleful fate promised by whatever lurks in your heart. Interesting. Um, the artwork is so cool. So, Evil Hat Productions. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the book. So they, they've, they've got it up for sale on uh, good old Amazonian. Where does Evil Hat ring a bell? Oh, Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Monster of the Week. Yeah, that Ooh, makes sense. Ooh, so does... Right, so does this mean it's a... Uh, powered by the Apocalypse? That would make sense. I think it is. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse mm. game. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, it literally says it. Innovative take on the Powered by the Apocalypse rules engine. It's literally in the description on the Amazon page. All right. I, didn't see <laughs> I did not see that. Um, but, dude, yeah, so I'm looking at the, um, the like, rule book on Amazon hmm. and it's it's $39 that's good oh I'm very so yeah the book and the book and PDF is 50 yeah I wonder if I wonder if there's a a local retailer I'm sure there would be um, like the the artwork just looks so cool oh the uh, yeah that's that got me as well yeah like, yeah, I, I think that that's one that I'm definitely interested in getting my hands on and having a go with. Um, I think we hold off from putting it on the list until we find where we can get. Yeah, until copy. until we decide to buy it. Yeah, until we until we get ourselves. Yeah, I think I think we have to make a stipulation for the list that <laughs> these are systems that we are going to buy. Yes. Because that will kind of keep the list from from yeah, growing. I, I, I can see that. You yeah. know, being realistic in kind of, okay, yeah, I am going to buy the one ring, for example. But Apocalypse Keys? Maybe not. I kind of want to. Same. Like, I want to, but there's a lot of the Powered by the Apocalypse games I want to try. It's 50 quid. It's 50 quid? What, 50? Uh, yeah. It's great British pants. All right, okay. So the exchange rate has stopped existing for them. Well, it's, it's through Amazon, and I'm guessing it's not actually... I'm guessing you're paying because they've probably... Um, like, cause it's, like to, to cover the, the shipping costs is probably inflated. Well, what I sometimes do is if I find something on Amazon, I'll find on the Amazon sort of... Um, page who's selling yeah. it, and then I'll Google that particular store because that sometimes works out yeah. cheaper. Yeah, because Amazon do tag a bit of money on top. They do, but yeah, so definitely one that I will be keeping an eye on and mm. possibly purchasing when I have a spare bit of cash monies. Yeah, that's it. It's just getting the the spare bit of cash money. Yeah, that yeah, that is that is the the, the hard part. I think other than tales of, tales of the valiant and the one ring, 
I think yeah. my list is going to be things that I have and haven't yeah. played. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, so, yeah. yeah, like the, the two that I've added to the list are my Clerk and Dagger and uh, oh, what the, the other one, um, Dreams and Machines. That was it. Couldn't remember it for a second there. I'm tired. Um, I'm I'm absolutely buying those so they can stay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Simbarum, uh, Tales from the Loop. I do have more free league stuff. I've even mm. got Vesson that I haven't run. I've only played it once or twice. Yeah. Okay, so what else? Um, this is one that I found mildly interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. Just waiting for it to load up. But apparently Renegade Studios sends a cease and desist to stop small creator using the word Renegade. So, apparently, Renegade Renegade Game Studios, which makes a number of licensed tabletop role-playing games, such as Transformers, G.I. Joe and Vampire Mm. the Masquerade, has apparently laid claim to the word Renegade. So, the Polyhedral Knights had a recent Kickstarter for a game called Renegade City, which is billed as a tabletop RPG where you play criminals and uses dominoes rather than dice. What? Ooh, interesting. That's okay. We might have to have a little look at Renegade City. <laughs> we can, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm clicking, <laughs> clicking the link. We're going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, we've got time to kill. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> uh, modern day anti-hero criminal role-playing game tilt um right so it's a modern game modern day game of organized crime with a twist players are members of an organized criminal outfit called the consortium the group is large and powerful but they are not the only power in the city of Voorhees. your characters each fulfill a certain role within the subgroup of the organization challenges exist with it so Yes, yes, yes. I'm getting the the mm-hmm. organized crime va- uh, vibe, obviously. Yeah. And looking at the artwork, it's very sort of GTA inspired. Yes, I am. I yeah. was thinking that. So it, it, this feels almost like it's going to be a, like a, a GTA tabletop role playing game. It's kind of what it feels like. Even fucking hell, even the font. Yeah. Like where it says the books, that is GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Which kind of, I, I just this Renegade City is the most recent game being developed at Polyhedral Knights. It is our seventh game. We have always strived to be different and unique. Well, are you? <laughs> you know, it does look very GTA. Yeah, I mean the art styles GTA, even like the like the like poster that they've got there with like Renegade City is like broken out into the GTA like frames um they're using the GTA font I think that is actually just the GTA font by the way it is I, I do believe it is um so yeah mm. I think they should be more worried about getting sued by Rockstar <laughs> <laughs> If I'm completely honest. There is a video, which is the Renegade City Game Basics tutorial. I, I, yeah, I've just hit play on that. Just are you, are you, I'm not doing it because I'm looking on my iPad. 
Oh, it, it is literally, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's the images below with like words over the top. Um, it's not actually a video. It's a slideshow presentation. Ah, uh, fair enough. But it, it's literally done in the same uh, like vibe as the GTA loading screens, <laughs> where it's cutting between the images like below, yeah, like the GTA loading screens do. I, th I think the only thing that I would say is unique about this is the dominoes instead of dice. I mean, don't get me wrong, as like a GTA clone in tabletop role playing, I'm I'm down for that. I'd be down. I just think they need to be honest about what it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. The whole we try to be different and unique is whilst clearly not fucking true. Yeah, whilst blatantly just making GTA. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, my homebrew campaign is actually gonna kind of be that. Yeah, but you're not claiming it's unique. <laughs> oh no, no, I've, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm ripping off the Young and the Dangerous film series. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so yeah they've got a cease and desist. Um, yeah, it's also this line does it for me. This setting and the game system are our way to show the gaming world we are not trying to produce the same old stuff that others are in this flooded market. This setting has already been well more than six video games at this point. I suppose playing devil's advocate, they're probably talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get the, what the they're talking about. The talking, role yeah. market, as opposed to the gaming. But market I, I, I don't think sh like trying to show that you're unique by just ripping off something from a different, like sphere, like not sphere. That's the wrong word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a different like community. Yeah, let's go with that community. Yeah, is is the way to do it? Like. That'd be like me saying, like, yeah, I'm going to do something that's never been done before. And then just, like, Star make Wars. my favorite film and make it, yeah, yeah. Make, make Star Wars the tabletop role-playing game. But with a different name. <laughs> so Renegade, yeah. um, Renegade Game Studios um, lawyers actually sent a letter. And yeah. it says, unfortunately, your use of the term renegade in the title of your new game creates the likelihood that consumers might be confused between our clients' games and your game or believe mm -hmm. that the two are connected or affiliated. The likelihood of confusion is particularly acute because you are using re the renegade element on the, on the identical types of products that are sold by renegade. And you are both selling to the same types of consumers in the same market channels. As such, Renegade must ask that you agree to rename your game to remove the Renegade element. As such, Renegade must ask that you agree to... Oh, that just repeated itself. I mean, that makes sense, because Renegade are the people that make Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> Which we've literally spoken about on a previous uh, episode. City-based criminal... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Supernatural, uh, but yeah, it's like... No, well, but ours is different, because we don't suck blood. Yeah, like, mm, how different is it? Yeah, I, mm, I, I kind of see where Renegade Game Studios is coming from with that. Um, All right, so Mickey Barfield, the creator of Renegade City, mm -hmm. spoke to Cannibal Halfling Gaming a couple of days ago. Yeah. It really caught me off guard and frankly upset me. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if he sounds like that. I just 
It's, it's how he sounds in your head. Yeah. It's fine. I'm blown away. <laughs> no. I don't think I can keep this up for the entire paragraph, paragraph, to be honest. I'm blown away at how they can think my game titled Renegade City will take away from them in any shape or fashion. Our Kickstarter is about to end in nine hours, and we just now get this. I'm still pretty hurt over this. It seems like if they are willing to go after me over something like this, then what is stopping another company like Wizards of the Coast from going after some other company because the word wizard is used in a title of a book or a game? It's crazy. I should have kept up the voice. I should have kept the voice up because Um, that's kind of... the, 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 The issue with his thing there, right, is just using the word wizard is not using their entire fucking company name. Because their their entire name is Renegade Game Studios, right? Because so, the Game Studios is kind of irrelevant to the name. It's just telling you what they do, right? Renegade is, like, essentially their company name. That would be like using Coke, calling your game Coca-Cola City and then getting upset that Coke sue you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's what he's done. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have to side with Renegade Studios on this one. I do. I just, I can't, I can't see how he thinks he's got a leg to stand on this guy. Yeah, me neither. Honestly, as I always kind of like to root for the little guy, but. Yeah, it's just, I can't, I can't see it. Like, they even have, so I'm just on the Renegade Game Studios website, right? They have a game system called Crimes and Capers. Really? <laughs> yes! It's like a bunch of tabletop games where it's like you're solving crimes and stuff. <laughs> so it's like the other side of the coin, but it's still like a crime-based game. <laughs> I just, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know how this guy thought that this was gonna be anything else, really. Um, because I literally, it would be if you saw a, a a game called Renegade City, you're gonna assume it's been put out by Renegade Game Studios. Let's. Oh wait, hang on. Oh okay, no, it's just a classification on the website. I was about to lose my shit there. They have a classification on their website called Renegade Original, which is games that aren't licensed that they've made. Ah, uh, fair enough. I I was about to lose my shit there. Be like, they actually have a game, but they don't. <laughs> just going through their games though to see if there's anything that's like similar. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of looking at stuff like that as well, see if there's anything. Uh, so No, I can't seem to find anything. Yeah, I mean, I can't find anything that's like exact copy of, but they do make role-playing games. So it is literally, like, what their lawyers have said is bang on. They are selling a game called Renegade in a space where Renegade exists. But how much, like realistically how much confusion do you think it would would realistically cause because let's be honest we've all heard of vampire the masquerade yes and whatever else they do transformers gi joe at no point and i've seen the transformers books i've seen the gi joe books i've seen all the world or dark world of darkness books at no point have I known that the company behind it was Renegade Game Studios? Okay, but if you were to then go, oh, I really like this system. I wonder who makes it. Let me see what else they've done because you want to change, right? Let's say you are, you play a lot of Vampire the Masquerade, right? Mm. 
just for argument's sake. And you're like, oh, this is a really cool system. I wonder if they've got something similar, but in a different setting. You are then going to look at games that Renegade make. And if you see a game called Renegade C, it wouldn't be a far stretch to imagine without doing research that that was put out by them. I think... I think it might be... Overkill from Renegade City, to be honest. Don't get me All wrong. All they're asking him to do is change the name. Yeah, I mean... They're not saying he can't put the game out. They're just saying change the name. Yeah, I get that. Um, but <laughs> I, think it, I think it might be overly cautious, to be honest. I Personally, I think had this not have happened and Renegade City had not sent their cease and desist and this game was produced under the original name, I don't think anything would have fucking happened. Um, I get, though, right? Sorry, just, just, I just want to... So, they've called the game Renegade City, but the source book is called Voorhees City. Well, Voorhees is uh, setting. Yeah, but that, they've called it... That's the name they've used for the city. Is that, that, that is literally the Voorhees City source book. Yeah. So why not just call the game that? And then they avoid all of that. The whole thing goes away. Because that's already what the books... The book that they're going to send you if you were to kickstart this is going to have Voorhees City on the cover. Because hmm. they put the cover the cover art on, on their Kickstarter page. And it doesn't even say Renegade City on that cover art. Yeah, but do you think that may have happened after the cease and desist? No, because they've already they still have Renegade City everywhere else on it. So if they changed the artwork, they mm. would have changed it everywhere else, and they would have changed the Kickstarter name and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, I think they've the, so the name of the city that you are actually playing in is Voorhees City, but they've they've named the game Renegade City because I'm I'm guessing it's because it's a city full of renegades is what they were trying to get across. To be fair. It's a bit of a shit name anyway. Yeah. It's not a great... I mean, it's not the best name they could have they could have come up with. Well, they couldn't exactly call it GTA, the role-playing game. Could they? <laughs> yeah, well, they could, have come up with, they could have come up with something. I mean, they, well, they could have just used Renegades. the name of the city that you're actually playing in. <laughs> Tales <Or> of <laughs> Voorhees. I wonder if they're going to get another season desist by whoever makes Friday the 13th. Oh, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't call it Voorhees. Oh, because I mean, again, that's an iconic character. <laughs> that's our character name. And he commits a lot of crime. There you go. People are going to think it's affiliated. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he might get a, a call from uh, Paramount and Warner. <laughs> Because well, there was also books for that as well, weren't there? Uh, I really don't know. I'm not a massive Friday the 13th buff, to be honest. Me neither, but I have Wikipedia wrote them. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, there was... There was uh, there have been two books released for it. Um, and, yeah. That's about it, though. Model kit, um, model kits, 3D poster, 
Apart from video games and toys, there's not really been much else. Why didn't they just call this like Rogue City instead? Yeah. Like yeah. literally anything like that would be fine. Mm. It would literally be fine. I think they've they've just it's one it's one of those where they probably didn't realize that they would get in trouble for it. And they, they liked the word renegade. It's a good word. Don't get me wrong. Like Renegade is a great word for what they're trying to do. But I think their response was just a little bit... Mm. Of like, yeah, I can't understand where they're coming from. And they're saying like, oh, wizards could just start suing people for using wizard. Like, no. Because you'd have to call your game Wizards of the Coast Sea. And then they'd have a like, stand on. <laughs> and the like, Pinkertons <laughs> would be fucking... They hard. will show up at your door. They will show up at your door. <laughs> But yeah, like, I Give mean, you a magic card and take it away again. <laughs> um, uh, I, I kind of want to see. I don't know. I kind of see both sides to this, to be fair. I can't, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I can see where they're coming I from. Can, I, I can see the legal implications from, like, Renegade uh, Game Studios. But at the same time, I can re- sort of see his side kind of going, so fucking what? So apparently, according to uh, the comments on their Kickstarter, they've managed to resolve the situation and are keeping the name. Ah, well then, how how have they resolved it? Actually, I wanna. He doesn't say. <laughs> oh wait, here we go. Disclaimer. They've literally just posted a disclaimer on the Kickstarter. Ah, oh, there you go. Everybody's happy. So, in order to keep the Renegade City name and not go through an unnecessary legal battle, we agreed to post this on our page here and our homepage. I'll also be adding it to our published book. So, basically, they're just putting a disclaimer saying we're nothing to do with Renegade Studios. Which I think is fair enough. Yeah. I think if Renegade Game Studios are happy with that. Yeah. But, again, that goes back to all they're saying is we're worried that people are going to get confused. And they've kind of gone, okay, well, what about if we do this? And they've gone, yeah, that works. Yeah, I do I do still think it was a bit of uh, over-cautiousness. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, it, it's one of those things, again, where lawyers have got to earn their fucking paycheck, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, that is true. And, yeah, they're not cheap. And I think, it, I think as well, if it wasn't for the fact that Renegade, like, make and sell tabletop role-playing games... I don't think it would have been an issue. I think it's purely because they're in the same space. Yeah. Um, it is where the issue comes from, I think, personally. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of get that. And you've obviously got the the issue with um, a smaller company piggybacking off another, potentially. Yeah, exactly that. Which yeah. is, yeah, that side I do see a lot more than, oh, it's going to hurt up. It's not going to fucking hurt your product at all. Um, well, I mean, again, it could indirectly the other way, though, right? Because if somebody gets Renegade City, doesn't like it, and thinks it's a Renegade Game Studios product, then they just brand all Renegade Game Studio product shit. So it you, could you, indirectly. You think that would happen in this day and age? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, they've not like gone after the TV series. Ah, uh, did you see? Yeah, did you see someone posted that in the comments? No, no, I'm, I'm li- I just googled Renegade to see what else. Exists oh no, so someone name. actually posted in the comments, "You're gonna get visited by Lorenzo Lamas." <laughs> 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 uh, 
and it's just a pic- it's just a picture of the TV series, and he's there folding his arms. It's like yeah. <laughs> that comment. That comment was was glorious. Oh no, th- this is my favorite one. Whoever owns the rights to the old uh, F A S A game, Renegade Legion, has the opportunity to do something hilarious right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so the last bit that that I saw this week um, was the Diana Jones Awards have announced their finalists. Ooh, interesting. So, uh, let's just bring up a bit of context. So, yeah, we spoke about the Diana Jones a few weeks back. We did. Um, and we did mention some names that were kind of nominees. Um, this is now the the finalists have been have been announced, and as soon as I found out, there we go. So the twenty twenty three Diana Jones Awards for Excellence in Gaming. From a long and eclectic collection of nominees, the committee of the Diana Jones Awards for Excellence in Gaming selected five finalists that it believes best exemplified excellence in the field of gaming for its 2023 award. They are Linda Cadega. Linda Cadega is a journalist um, for, I think, Gizmodo and io9 currently. Um, Most notably recently... She was the one who kind of broke the the news of Wizards of the Coast being naughty. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I I think I know a group of, or should I say a company of people, that won't be voting for Linda. I can't imagine what you're talking about. But, yeah, Linda Cadega is a queer, non-binary journalist and critic focused on tabletop gaming, as well as speculative fiction writer and tabletop game designer. Their investigative reporting for io9 of Wizards of the Coast proposed deauthorization of the OGL led to widespread re-examination of open gaming. As a result, Wizards released the core rules of D&D under an irrevocable Creative Commons license and opened a new dialogue about the future of the game with fans and creators. To be fair, yeah, she... she, Sorry, they deserve that. Yes. Um, Massively. Um... Just because they were a, a, a huge sort of, um, I mean, it, it was what kickstarted that whole yeah. sort of look at. Well, hang on a minute, you know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, as much as I, you know, I I enjoy Wizards games. I've played a lot of Wizards games. Even I put my hands up when all that happened. I was like, well, that's a little bit shit. Um, you know, and I mean, fair play to them. They did eventually put their hands up and fix it. Right, took them a bit longer than it should have. But they did it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely a, a nomination that that's worth uh, worth having because you know it it has not just exposed what they were doing, but it's also completely reshaped the industry. That's it. Yeah, it's we are living in a in a time of where the, the entire landscape is changing for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. None of that would have happened if it weren't for. Linda Cadega. Linda, Linda, yeah, Linda doing that report. So, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, well deserved. So mm-hmm. the next is Coyote and Crow, which is a role-playing game by Connor Alexander. Coyote and Crow is an RPG created by Cher- Cherokee designer Connor Alexander. 
In the game, Alexander shrewdly imagines an alternate universe that exists outside of the horrors of colonialism. The game foregrounds the traditions of cultures of Native American people in, the, in its world, encouraging players to imagine stories that challenge the Western canon of storytelling that is today ubiquitous ubiquitous, sorry, in RPGs. <laughs> Coyote and Crow challenges, to tell the different, tell, challenges us to tell different stories with the games we play and encourages us to imagine worlds beyond that which we know. It is a new high watermark for storytelling in role-playing games and a triumph of imagination in world-building. That, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, that, par- lie. <laughs> that yeah. paragraph has fucking sold me. <laughs> I might have to give that a little uh, deep dive later. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be googling that to be honest. Yeah, well they've got a link seem... to the website right there. Mm. So I'm, I might have to I have loaded uh, that up for yeah, later. Just clicked it. <laughs> oh, I have to get this source book. Oh, the 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 cover art. The cover art is gorgeous. Oh wow! Oh, I wasn't looking at that. Oh, that looks cool. Alright, anyway, I'm going to save that and maybe I'll talk about yeah. it. Maybe we can talk about it next week. <laughs> That's one for next week. <laughs> and we've got Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Which this is, is the one that I was just looking at. <laughs> Dragon Source Book, published by Wizards of the Coast. So, Journey Through the Radiant Citadel is a collection of 13 short standalone Dungeons and Dragons D&D adventures set in wondrous lands connected to the Radiant Citadel. A bastion of hope floating against the unending mist of the ethereal plane. Created by a diverse team including nearly 50 creators of colour, this book is a celebration of vibrant settings never before seen in D&D history. This groundbreaking anthology transcends typical Eurocentric fantasy with authentic, complex and emotionally rich stories infused with cultures and lived experience of their writers inviting gamers of all backgrounds to explore new places and perspectives. It's written by Justin Ramin Arman, Dominique Dickey, Ajit A. George, Bashir Goose, Alastair Guzman, D. Fox Harrell, T.K. Johnson, Felice... Uh, I'm going to let you go through these names. Serena Marie, <laughs> Mondal, Mario Ortegon, Miyuki Jane Pincard, Pam Ponzalan, Erin Roberts, Terry H. Romero, and Stephanie Yoon. I stumbled halfway through, but I think I did all right. Yeah, I think you did all right. I mean, you got the first one wrong, but we won't, we won't address did that. Did I? Yeah, you said Justin. It's justice. You're on my mind, though. <laughs> always, always. You are on my mind. See, that is very intriguing to me because I, I feel like nowadays, especially well, with D&D anyway, I don't know about other systems. I can't speak for all systems, obviously. I feel like... Those kind of like short standalone little adventures are something we don't have a lot of in D anD D anymore, um, and they're like the perfect kind of like party fillers for for a campaign, right? If you you get to a point where like they're not quite ready to progress to the next part of your story, but they're kind of at this like weird awkward middle ground, you can just run them through one of these, and then it can give them the boost they need to carry on, you know that sort of thing. Well, I mean, coming from Pathfinder, which mm. it's its entire business model from day one has been we're going to focus on adventures. Yeah. It's a definite solid move to make. Yeah. 
you know. Um, it just it's something that D and D needs so badly right now. Yeah, and that was always the case. That it was always at least when I kind of first started out, it was if you're looking for like pre-written adventures, Pathfinder is the way to go. Hmm. Um, whereas D and D, not so much. Um, so I think it, I think it needs to happen. There is still a huge market for for pre-written adventures, but not everybody wants to buy a an adventure path or something. <laughs> Yeah. Equi- or an equivalent in in D and D products, mm. like nobody want not everybody wants to buy the two books for what is it, Tyranny of Dragons. Mm. It's two fucking books, and they're not small books either. They're quite substantial, but not yes. everybody wants to kind of um, tie themselves down to a singular adventure for that long. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's that's gonna be really good as well because it, it also gives you a chance as well to like test out characters in an actual adventure setting rather than just like I've built this character that's just like gladiator battle or whatever you know like however you test your characters out having yeah. them go through like some kind of little mini adventure is just so much more helpful in in testing them hmm. um, and getting them kind of battle ready because to me battle ready isn't just about how well they can do in a combat it's also how well they can handle themselves in a social encounter or getting into like the spirit of the character is really hard to do unless you're actually like put in those situations where you have to make a decision or and spending uh, and... time with that character exactly that yeah and yeah. so i think it's just a really good good step all around so yeah so the next finalist is rosenstrass um it's a role-playing game by moira turkington and jessica hammer Brilliant. um it's a tabletop freeform scenario with strongly defined historical story weaving the lives of four pairs of men and women bound by love under tightening under the tightening chokehold of Nazi Germany. Players work through two characters to deeply explore two of these relationships as the clock ticks towards World War II and the final solution. Ideologies are challenged, marriages are tested, personal losses are grave, and the characters must hold together tightly to see it through. The stories of these eight people converge in a historic moment of terrifying civic defiance. This game has innovative mechanics, is well-researched, and treats the topic with deep respect. Oh, that's such a risky topic, though. That's a swing. (laughs) Fucking hell. That is a big swing. Gee, mm. they mu- I mean, the fact that they are not the fact that they are finalists in this means that they they hit a home run. I would fucking hope so. You know, <laughs> you know, if they if they're being nominated and reached like finalist stage, finalist yeah. status, that means that it paid off. But can you imagine the pitch? Dude, no, I can't. Can you just no. imagine sitting no. in a meeting room and kind of going, yeah, so we want to explore this and just come out with that and just seeing somebody go... <laughs> just, uh, just seeing, I wonder how many game studios they went through before one of them went, yeah, go on then. Unruly designs. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, that's... That is a swing, man. Yeah. What else fair play, fair play to them. I need, yeah, let's have a look at Unruly Design's website. Uh, nothing I have overly heard about. 
Let's have a look. Uh... So it's a lot of World War Two stuff by the looks of it. Yes, yeah, the other game they made is yeah. Warbirds, which is an anthology of games about women in World War Two. Uh, these LARP and freeform style games focus on the ways that war creates opportunities for women. Yeah, so it looks like they've got a big thing around World War Two. So it probably wasn't that that much of a sell for them. Well, uh, so Warbirds was also uh, done with uh, Moira Turkington, so she's worked with them previously. So yeah. I definitely think it was a, a much easier sell than we were expecting. <laughs> yeah, but even so, it was like it's, oh, yeah, it's still a big swing. Like I'm not it taking is. anything away from that to. To, to like get up in the morning knowing you've got to walk into an office and pitch that. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the day we've got to pitch something like that, I'm sending you. Yeah, but that's fine. We can pitch something like that with me because my family is Jewish and my family did flee that area during that period for those reasons. Oh, I just meant so anything. I could, I so I could get away with pitching that. <laughs> I just meant anything controversial. Well, you're going to send the South African to pitch the controversial thing. I don't think that works very well. <laughs> we have a controversial history as it is. <laughs> okay, so the next finalist is Cole Whirl, mm. um, a game designer, creative director at Leda Games, and co-founder of Whirligig. Whirligig. Cole Whirl is a game designer, the creative director at Leda Games, and a co-founder of Whirligig Games. From largely commercial work like Root and Oath to his work on Pax Pamir and other historical games, Verl is doing some of the finest work that's ever been done in board game design. The delivery of John Company's second edition once again shows how broad his ambitions have been over the years and how well he continues to surpass all expectations. That is some high praise. That is. Doing some of the finest work that's ever been done in board game design. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, all of these finalists deserve to win, to be honest. Uh, and I'm not thing... only saying that in the oh, you all deserve to win, but oh, we, <laughs> we had a hard decision to make and all. No, everybody no, gets genuinely... a participation award. <laughs> yeah, like they're doing these fucking like I don't know yeah. cooking shows and whatever. <laughs> oh, you did. You all did so well, but you, you, you fuck off. Yeah. I think the the funniest part for me, though, is how, like, everyone else gets, like, a link to their website. So, like, Linda gets a link to their articles on Gizmodo. Coyote and Crow Crow gets a link to their website for more information. Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel links to the Wizards website with more information about that that source book. Um, Same for, like, the the Rosenstrasse game gets linked to the the Rosenstrasse (laughs) page on the Unruly Designs website. Cole, follow him on Twitter. I'm now booting up Twitter. That's, that's my favourite part of this whole thing. I want to see what his Twitter's like, actually. Um, so what kind of stuff does he post? Arcs has a launch date. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through his feed now. Yeah, same. Uh, it, it looks like he mostly just posts a lot of... Uh, updates about his like what he's putting out at the moment so it could be a decent follow to be honest yeah i might actually again i'm not really into board games see i do love a board game you do i know you do i, I don't. do love a board game you know i i i, I don't 
feel like later games I've I've played some of their games before. I feel like I've at least seen them. Anyway, shall we shall we go to the couch? Let's go over to the couch. I, I know when he submitted this question, by the way, because he was sat next to me at the pub and still wouldn't tell me what it was. Was he... A, had he had a drink? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell. <laughs> couch, don't ask and drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, does it make no it, sense? It makes it fucking hard for me to understand shit. <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, let me have a look, see. I'll just read, yeah, so the, essentially the question is, um, actually I need to get, bring up the jot form, because I've got it on, it feeds directly to Trello. Yeah. But I'm not doing it justice by, by reading that. Where's my job form? So yes, I, I had to slightly decipher it. Bless him. Oh, I wonder what it said originally now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Couch, who is writing from us uh, from the place where socks go when you lose them in the wash. Yes. Alright, so when you homebrew, um, I'm assuming a campaign, when you homebrew a campaign, do you build it from a concept, story, or do you see interesting mechanics that you try to fit into a story? Ooh, that's interesting. I would say a little bit of both, if I'm honest. Okay. So in the past, when I've written stuff, I've like so I I've written um, a I say I've written I've taken the mechanics from uh, like a raid in old school RuneScape and I've recreated them in Five E. Okay. So I've essentially recreated that whole raid as like a a dungeon that you can play through um, in Five E. Hmm. So I have done that where i've taken i've been like that's a really cool mechanic and then tried to see if i can make it work and then done it right um and i've also like watching watching the the copious amounts of creators that are out there that are just brilliant um some of them will like bring up a, a really cool way to make something a bit more exciting or something like that um yeah. so like when trying to like escape a building that's collapsing or something like that like having different methods of of handling that yeah um and then trying to incorporate that into what i'm writing so that i can see if that mechanic does work well or that sort of thing right because a lot of the mechanics it's all well and good somebody saying yeah this mechanic works really well but until you try it you don't really know whether it works at your table or whether it works for the way you play the game or run the game things like that so i definitely think there's a little bit of, there is an element of if i see a cool mechanic i will try and write some kind of encounter that will use it um, but as for the writing of the whole campaign, I do prefer to go from concept. Uh, for me, I it's basically all of the above for me. <laughs> um, so I will like if I'm doing a campaign, it will start out as a concept, yeah, um, and then branch from there. But that concept doesn't 
necessarily have to be the end point of the campaign. The, no. the current one I am running, the, co the initial concept was refugees from a city that comes under a Tarask attack. Oh, I like that. So that was kind of what started it. Um, so write then, that one down for later. <laughs> so then, from what, so then, what I had to do was was basically inform that world and just kind of go right. Okay, why did this happen? Or mm. you know, um, how do they get to the point? And that's how the the overarching story of my campaign um, kind of came together. But the initial spark of inspiration was you're in a city you're having a great fucking time all of a sudden Tarask attacks and yeah. you have to escape dude that that intro that you just gave sounded so much like avatar the last Airbender. <laughs> did it it did you're like yeah so you're in a city and everything's great and then all of a sudden the fire nation attacked So long. It was just the way you said, like, I've been watching it again recently, right? And, like, it's just the way you said that. All I could see in my head was, like, <laughs> the four characters, like, like the rogue pickpocketing and then looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the final bit, like, you know, where, like, the, they dart, like, the, the airbender blows and then they dart off to the left at the end of the intro. And it's, like, the, the Fire Nation attacked. Um, and then it's, just, like, a Tarask stomping down or something like that. Hey, if I, I, I if I ever decide to turn it into an animated show, that's, I will that's the intro. That's going to be the fucking intro. But from oh there, obviously, once I've kind of got my my overarching campaign, then it's mm. you know obviously the players have a quest, they have a thing that they need to do in yes. order to essentially save the world. But what happens between them? I, I kind of I kind of get little sort of campaign ideas to yeah. to kind of give them arcs and, and adventures. And that inspiration can come from anyway. anything. Um, yeah. I did one where it was a bit of a, an investigation where they were trying to pr uh, prove somebody's innocence from a murder and that was uh, the inspiration from that was a Nightwish song. Hmm. It was over the hills and far away. It's about a bloke who gets accused of murder, but he can't he can't proclaim his innocence because his alibi was he was sleeping with his best friend's wife. Ooh, tricky, so tricky, I heard tricky. that and kind of went, yeah, that'd be fucking good. Yeah. Um, another one I did one of the recent ones I did which was another sort of murder investigation was based on it was a side quest on oh fuck what's the game called now <laughs> I can't I genuinely can't remember there was a game that I I uh, near Auto, uh, near automata mm. I I was really invested in that one of the yeah. best games I've played in a long time and there was this little side quest and it was something that unless you actually kind of seeked it out you'd 
you'd miss. Yeah. But it tied in to this this boss that you had to deal with. This boss was basically a robot and she was compiled of all sort of carcasses of different robots. But the side quest was basically figuring out from different NPCs um, how she became that way. Okay. And it was that she fell in love with somebody who rejected her. So she went and she started murdering these robots to enhance her body Mm -hmm. to kind of win his affection. And each time he kept on rejecting her and it drove her insane. And I went, oh, holy shit, I'm I'm doing that. And I did. Uh, That was the recent sort of murder mystery that they had to solve. And it was a fucking good one as well. So I think that's the key as well. Like, is once you've come up with that kind of core concept for for like your your campaign, right? Your like whatever your hook is, or whether it's the the final goal or whatever, right? Um, so like for for the one that I I've mentioned before that I'm I'm writing about the the sort of pirate adventure, right? The original hook that I came up with was I just wanted to write a really cool pirate adventure. Um. Since writing it, I've developed that further, and it's now going sort of multi-dimensional. Um, because what story doesn't these days? Uh, <laughs> um, but even during that, I've been kind of going, okay, well, so I've got this element. I know how they're going to get there, and then they've gonna, they're going to get to this element. But there's going to be like this bit where I want a really cool thing to happen. Um, should this go? You know, should they go through this particular doorway? Right um or not this you, you get what i mean like if, yeah if they go through here this happens and have like a really cool sequence of events following that um and th- those kind of mechanics that i found would be a mixture of things i've seen like, like you were saying things i've seen or heard about in popular culture or like maybe i saw something in a film i mean there, there's the old cliche of indie running away from the boulder right yeah um you know like that's a, a kind, the kind of mechanic you can include in the game there's lots of different ways of doing it as well so you might have done it once before and it didn't get the effect you wanted because the way you did it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but then you find maybe, you know, scrolling through TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever, uh, which is where I actually get a lot of the, the little mechanics that I end up using and stuff is YouTube shorts because there's a few really, really good creators on there um, that I, I watched a lot. Um, and you'll find like a new way to try something and then you'll try and maybe add that kind of element as a as a cool thing to get to the next beat of your story, right? So mm. maybe the next part of your story, they're going into it like some kind of crypt to to get a, I don't know, a piece of something or a, I don't know, whatever they're going there to get or stop or insert generic quest line here, right? Yeah. But it takes them to this crypt. Once they've achieved that, you could have the crypt collapsing trope that happens in many films. Hmm. Um, and they've got to escape, and there's so many different ways that you can go about doing that again, and it's just, yeah. So I think there's there's a little bit of all of the above uh, for me as well. Yeah, I mean, and um, mechanics-wise as well, um, for me, a lot of things that inform my decisions about what the players will face and what sort of quests they will do is me just wanting to play with the toys in the toy box. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. You know, um I've never played with vampires before in Pathfinder, so I created a vampire side quest. Mm. 
Um, fucking hell, never played with a Tarask. The whole campaign kicks off with one. Yeah. You know, it's the mechanics do inform a lot of it as well, where I'll see something in a Pathfinder book and kind of go, ooh, I want to put that in. How am I going to do that? Right now, I've got a concept for a character concept, which I think is fucking hilarious. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, because I don't know whether oh. it's going to be something I throw into my campaign or if it's going to be an actual character I play uh, in, I in a game. Too. So... But that that's kind of got me thinking already, oh, how can I insert this into mm. this campaign? But yeah, yeah, that was a really good question, Couch. Yes. All right. Even if you were Took me a bit to decipher it. <laughs> um Justin, I will send you the actual question after cool. we go off air. Cool. <laughs> All right, but um. Couch, thank you ever so much. Um yes. come on the show. Come and hang out with us for a de- for for yeah. an evening at some point. Yeah, man, definitely. All right. Uh, thank you, Justin, for spending some time with me. Do you want to tell people uh, whereabouts on Tinterwebs they can find you? Yes. So uh, you lovely folks can find me over at Justin Accurate TV uh, on most social media and streaming platforms, um, and over on the Facebook group. Yeah. Yes, we do have the Facebook group. Um, we are trying to get people interacting there, and and it is, you know, it is quite a nice place to be. There's some nice faces on there. It is. Um, yeah. And as for me, you can find me on a lot of the social media sites at Natural Juan. Um, and that is about it from all of us. I just want to take a moment and thank everybody out there who's taken some time out of their busy day just to listen to us waffle on yes and if you like what you listen to please rate please leave a review that does help us reach more people and we do kind of want to want to grow this venture so with that thank you very much everybody and keep rolling see you later folks